This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Tailgate Talks Week 71. This is the tailgate for you. We got some NFL wrap up from the Super Bowl weekend and NBA shotgun. Brooks will catch all of us dumb NFL people up on the NBA and where we're at there. And then a little final shots and shot bets to get to at the end. A little short tailgate here with the wrap up of NFL. But first, um, <clears throat> you do follow us. Give us five-star ratings on Spotify and uh, Apple uh, Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore talks, Instagram and Facebook as well. You want our personal accounts and get into Twitter beasts like we just talked about on Club Red or not. Come at us. You can get Brooks at Calvin B. Barrett. You can get me, Dustin, at Dustin Wimmer 22 Or you can get Arlie, who just stepped away. For a little bit at Blanca, where the L is a one. We also have some good clips on YouTube for us. Brooks puts those together for us. You can also email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So, with that, let's get into the NFL Super Bowl wrap up. Are you ready for the football? All right, guys, the Super Bowl is here and done. And the NFL season is over, and the Rams are your Super Bowl champions. Arlie, you almost had the whole thing picked yourself. You had Cooper Cup as the MVP and almost a score. But we had a great game with the Rams defeating the Bengals 23-20 to to win the Super Bowl. Brooks, you came over to the house to watch the game and eat some wings. What are your thoughts on how the game was and the Rams being your champions? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty unspectacular game for the most part. Um, it had potential at the start, and then Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt, and the Rams' offense kind of was derailed from that point on. Um, and then, really, in the second half, it, w- it was pretty boring offensively. Just neither team could really get anything going. And up until the very last most important drive, the Rams were finally like, hey, we're not going to run the football anymore. We've sucked at it all day. Um, And they threw the ball and they force fed it to Cooper Cup. And guess what that does for you? It gets you into the end zone and they're able to take the lead. And then, you know, the best defensive player in football, Aaron Donald, comes up huge for him on the defensive end, uh, gets the huge fourth and one stop. And Rams are your Super Bowl champions. You know, I thought it's tough. You know, we kind of knew that game going in. It was, we, I don't feel like either of those teams were the best teams in there, but you know, that's kind of the way it played out. And so you're, you know, kind of what you're dealing with and neither of the teams played, I thought as good as they could have. There was definitely a lot to be left on the field there, but ultimately I'm happy that the Rams won. Uh, Obviously a big Cooper cup fan Uh, Stafford, you know, you feel good for Stafford all those years uh, losing in Detroit. You come to Los Angeles and get a ring in year one. I feel good for Aaron Donald, uh, Sean McVay. So it's just a feel-good story for the Rams, a team that decided to go all-in on this year and were able to to ultimately come away with the Super Bowl. So, it, you know, it makes it all worth it in the end-all, be-all. Yeah, you hit a couple good points there. I mean, a lot of punts in this Super Bowl, mm. six by each team. That's a lot. Um, not – you didn't have the fireworks – you know, from either side on offense. Um, so, and yeah, like you said, the running game was pretty horrible. I mean, yeah. Cincinnati kind of did okay at it, but the Rams were god awful. They averaged less than two yards a carry. Stafford didn't play great, but that's kind of what you get with Stafford. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he played he played good when you needed him to and, <laughs> and came down on the end and, and scored the touchdown. And yeah, the big story I think was the Bengals offensive line held up in the first half, only gave up one sack. And then <laughs> second half, they just got That's one man and Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald just ate, especially yeah. in the fourth quarter. I think they had six or seven sacks just in the second half alone. And a lot in those last couple of drives, and especially yeah, Aaron Donald was able to do whatever he wanted to on it. I don't understand on the last play why he is getting singly blocked by the left guard. Like that center is yeah. nitty, and he needs to be helping with that. Uh, well, well, I well I think the key to that is what who was your MVP pick was Von Miller. Miller was destroying him from the outside, so you couldn't really. You yeah, know, you couldn't put it all on Aaron Donald because Von Miller was making plays. So it's like, who do you block? Um, who do you try to stop? And they had no answers for it because the pass rush was just there from all over. Yeah, I think the Rams were going to run away with it, you know, early, like you said, and Odell got hurt. And then I think the reason they kept running the ball was because by that point, you're down to your number one wide receiver your number three wide receiver in Van Jefferson and your number three tight end. Like those yeah. are your receiving options. So you're. And then that horrible wide res- the other like wannabe Cooper Mother. cup guy who was terrible. Skronik or something. Oh, uh. um, but I mean, at that point, your, your best players, skill guys are your running backs. Like yeah. you kind of had to force feed it or run some uh, routes with those guys just to give Stafford some options. Cause until the last drive, I mean, Cooper Cup's not your only option. Um, yeah. But good on them to, you know, clamp down and be like, all right, we're just going to throw it to Cup and keep throwing it to Cup. And, and, it, and run it with Cup. <laughs> exactly. But that's – hey, that's part of the point is when they needed a big fourth and one, they didn't give Cam Akers or Henderson yeah. the ball. They were and like, you know what, Cup's our best player. We're just going to hand him the ball. They had like 33 um, rushing yards, and seven of them were on that cup rush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, any other players? Um, something that just while I'm looking at stats, that last drive by Cincinnati, I haven't really looked into this and seen why, but P. Ryan was on the field for yeah. the whole drive instead of Joe Mixon. Yeah. Third um, one rush that. was P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. And that play was incredible by Aaron Donald because he was getting blocked, reaches around with like one hand and wraps up P. Ryan and then just sits down. Just sat down. down. <laughs> P. Ryan was just like. Tackled him with one arm. <laughs> and then the, like, why is Joe Mixon not in the game? He's by far like your second best skill guy. Like, yeah. <sighs> I, yeah, I didn't understand that. Um, Yeah, and I didn't really notice that until those last two plays. You know, I know yeah, I noticed it, it on the run. I was like, huh. I don't know. And I don't like if your whole season you're doing this, you know, one series on, one series off, or two on, one off. I don't care. It's yeah. the Super Bowl on the last drive. Like you don't get you get all the rest time in the world now. Yeah. Joe and Mixon. we know as Texas Tech fans, we know Joe Mixon can catch passes. Like damn right. we've seen him do it against us plenty of times so hey he can also throw passes one for one with a touchdown yeah did you know he has more touchdown passes in the last decade than aaron Rodgers does <laughs> in the in super bowl, the super bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's forgot to throw that little that little tidbit like, on well, there. almost <laughs> um obviously for me like it was awesome to watch cup that last drive uh just be comp- the guy that we thought he was all season like the Bengals know that they're going to him and he's still able to get open. Um, yeah. Obviously everybody's seen the sick, no look pass that Stafford had to him that, that got them down kind of by the red zone, but he was completely uncoverable. You know um, they had to hold him like two times in the red zone and still he's able to get the touchdown on Eli Apple, everybody's favorite cornerback in the NFL. Oh, man, he got <laughs> roasted on Twitter. He got roasted. And every uh, player that has played against him before. He must. Talk, he obviously talks a lot of shit, and nobody likes him. But it was just fun to watch Cup do that um, and, and see him get rewarded with the MVP. I mean, 
Stafford yeah. Stafford couldn't do that without Cup. Like his ability to get open, right. create space despite always being double, triple teamed is just insane. Uh just caps off what it was already an incredible season for him. Uh ends it with Super Bowl MVP. So obviously yeah. really happy for Cup. Uh you got incredible any other for, guys? For Cup, just because if you go back in his and you look at his story, I mean, he's yeah. just a un, unranked, no star out of high school white guy. That Eastern goes Washington. Eastern Washington is <laughs> the only D1 offer. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just go there and make the best of it. And he did. And then he's not the quickest. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not anything like physically over like exceptional. Yeah. But he just worked so hard through college in these last few years in the, NFL to make himself one of the best receivers and have one probably the best receiving season ever, like overall. Like yeah, when you take in regular and postseason what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. It's incredible, like that he is not super exceptional at one thing. He's just really, really good at so many things that it makes him unguardable. As yep. just <laughs> almost normal looking white dude out there playing football. <laughs> Yeah, anybody, what did you think about Burrow's first Super Bowl performance? Do you think uh, – I, I didn't think it was anything he's spectacular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought both quarterbacks played okay. I didn't think either of them played good. Yeah. Like, I guess they played good, but that was about it. Like, nobody played great in that park. Um, I don't know, maybe it was defense or whatever, or just losing your – like, Rams lost some of their offensive weapons, but, I mean – Everybody's said it plenty of times. The Bengals' problem is their offensive line. Is I've heard guys this week say that they've probably had the worst offensive line in the league, and <laughs> they made it this far. Like that's incredible on its own, but then it's always it's going to catch up to you. Like, yeah, and they almost got away with it, but uh, couldn't quite pull it off. But I thought he played fine, but now it's like. Everybody's thinking, well, the Bengals with Joe Burrow and Nixon and Chase and Higgins, they can get back here. So I've heard a lot of these yeah. NFL analyst guys that have played before being like, you think just because you've made it now, like – Dan Marino. It's you don't. Like, McAfee was saying the other day, he made it as a rookie, and he's like, oh, yeah, we got all these guys. Never went back when he was there. Yeah. You know? And Aaron Rodgers, like, he's got all these MVPs. And he hadn't been there in what 10, 12 years now. Like he can't make it back. Yeah. Like it's hard in the AFC and especially that division they're in. It's not it's getting any easier. <laughs> a really, really hard division just to get really hard. into the playoffs and then a really hard AFC from here out. Yeah. So yeah, that is kind of one of those things you needed to take advantage of it while you were there. Same with the Rams. Like you went all in, you got to capitalize when you're there. And, you know, unfortunately for the Bengals, they come up short, but yeah, it's not given that they'll be back. Yeah. The Bengals um, have more of a future. Um, definitely. The Rams. Yeah. But they needed to capitalize as well. Cause they're, they went all in and have guys on, you know, one year deals or going to free agency or possibly retiring. And, you know, this team isn't going to stay together. You know, yeah. like we see some teams, like the Bengals are going to be mostly there. But Hey, you think T. Higgins is going to stay there the whole time, or you think he's going to try right. to go be a number one receiver somewhere else? Or, you know, you, you never know how things are going to shake out. You never so. know with, like, some guys, yeah, they're ring chasing, and they want their NFL legacy. Some guys, they're money chasing. Like, mm -hmm. they, they could care less if they're going to win a Super Bowl as long as they can go cash in however many millions of dollars yeah. they can go get. Get that money when you can. That breaks teams up, too. Um, football game aside, I want to do commercials first and then come back to halftime show. Okay, halftime show was incredible, but commercials you mean that you remember and stick out? I know we've been a few days away from it, but yeah, that you remember and stick out or have written down or seen again now that they're out. You know, I have to say, my favorite one was probably the simplest one, and that was the QR code that just was going across the screen. Yes. And just watching it and hoping that it hit the corner and then it yeah. does uh, to end it. I thought that was just, it was clever. You didn't need too much. Uh, no. Obviously it like goes back to when we were growing up and just watching yep. the com computer monitors. So uh, I thought that was a good one. Um, I know we liked the Doritos commercial. Uh, the, the 
the spicy, the flaming hot cool ranch with yeah, the sloth and favorite. the animals. Flaming hot with the animals singing and then running off with their bag of flaming hot yeah. Cheetos and Doritos. They try to throw a lot of classics at us, you know. They threw uh some awesome powers in there. They threw some Ooh, scrubs yeah. in there. They threw some sopranos, but uh, I think those were the two that kind of stood out the most to me. Yeah, that one that was my favorite one. There was a lot of less, I guess, beer commercials than usual. Yeah, a lot of crypto. And a lot of crypto and a lot of electric cars. Like I feel oh, like yeah. every every car brand out there is going like, to yeah. commercial. Like everybody had one. Oh, I remember. Like, I remember one now. The most dramatic commercial of the Super Bowl. Uh, the dog, the, the electric dog commercial. The electric dog or the Oculus one where the like the big gigantic stuffed animals that were uh like taken off and that Jeanette was crying during mm-hmm. because he like fell off the back of the truck and he was like getting oh, uh, the toy story uh, looking the, one. Yeah. 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 And then he's finally found his place and then he gets the Oculus headset and he's able to play Oculus with all of his friends that he used yeah, to. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was a traumatic experience for uh, Jeanette, my girlfriend. <laughs> Great reactions by Brooks's girlfriend for these. She thought this electric dog was going to die, which it did. But then homeboy with the electric car plugged him into the car. Plugged it back in. Charged him back up and then kept him and they rode around all together and were a big happy family. Yeah, there was a, apparently the under over under on dog commercials hit the under. There was only like five dog commercials. So. Did the did the electric dog count? I don't know if it counted or not. It's like that's but either I, the over under was six and a half anyway. So if 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 it was five without it, it would just been six. So it's still been under. Interesting, but good commercials, uh, a few good ones, but halftime show. Which was so highly anticipated with Snoop and Dre and 50 Cent hanging upside down and Eminem did not disappoint. And I mean, (laughs) I could watch it again if you put it on in front of me. What do you think, man? Do you you like it a lot? Yeah, it was honestly the best part of the Super Bowl for me. uh, Because, you know, I thought that game. For sure. Yeah, I, I thought that game was kind of a snoozer for the most part. And so. The halftime definitely got me hyped, you know, brought yeah. us back to, you know, uh, our, our like, you know, growing up and listening to that music. And then everybody was just on their A game, it felt like. Uh, and cool. then Kendrick yeah. Lamar came out there and Kendrick was killing it. And so it was just a really fun halftime show. Um, a lot going on, you know, 50 Cent trying to hold himself up upside down. Uh, a lot of people making fun of. You know, and now he's like a dollar fifty cent. But but it was just people can talk. (laughs) It was just really cool, like to have a halftime show like that. Never thought we'd get to see one. It's always got to be like some pop star or whatever. But I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. I thought you know it definitely stole the show. Yeah, I forgot about Kendrick in there, but yeah, he did awesome too. Um, Yeah, they and they they played everything like he wanted to like. Yeah. You wanted one or two bangers from each person, and you got it. And you got Dre and Snoop in there the whole time, like chiming in, never missing a beat. Like it was so cool. Like, yeah, it looked like it was a hell of a time. It looked like they were all having really fun with it. Um, so it was really cool. I'm glad that we got that halftime show. Uh, felt very LA. Uh, of course, they had the map of Compton, yeah. which was cool too. Yeah, um, you got the aerial shot. Yeah, the city of Compton, like street view like top of helicopter type view is on there google maps view (laughs) yeah google maps view i we forgot to mention this in club red the halftime show at the baylor game was incredible oh yeah uh we felt the mention it was in the the red panda that's the best uh, halftime show you can never watch if you're lucky enough to go to any kind of she does a lot of basketball games but she's just asian lady that is on a 10-foot bicycle Unicycle. Unicycle. Balances a bowl on her foot and then flips them and catches them on her head. And then she keeps it there. And then she'll go to two bowls and three and then four. And she finishes five five and never miss it. She's been here twice and it's absolutely electric. It's awesome. (laughs) We went nuts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm disappointed we forgot to mention shout her out in Club Red. Yeah. 
we'll have to put that in there. No, I'm just kidding. But um, so to pre- recap our predictions. We did coin toss, MVP, uh, pick the game. Arlene and Brooks picked tails on the coin toss. And who was it, Billie Jean King or? Yeah, Billie Jean. All right. Billie Jean King. It flipped it, landed it on heads, and got me the win there. Um, I was nervous about that, and Brooks going to take his shot for that right now. Brooks was at the house watching it with me, and I was nervous because as an official myself, we I mean, you would think flipping a coin's not hard, but – a lot of times when you get a celebrity person flipping the coin, they mess it up really bad. And she actually had a good flip. She sent it pretty far, but she flipped it good. So I disagree. Uh, it was a bad flip. <laughs> for some of you the right way. Uh, Arlie won the bet by picking the Bengals. He actually called it like exactly how it worked. He's like, I'm going to pick the Bengals against the spread, but I think the Rams are going to win. Um, by three. Yeah. By three. He had 27-24, so it came up just short of that. Uh, me and Brooks both had the Rams winning. Brooks had 24-17, so he was pretty close on his. Wasn't far off, yeah. I was hoping for a little more fireworks, um, at least from the Rams. I had 31-23, so I was the furthest off on that side of it, which brings us to the next point, our playoff picks. I missed on this one again. I missed on all of them. I went 0-7. Not, not a great postseason for you. Not a great postseason. <laughs> I think I was, like, the best in the regular season. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're great on your shot bets during the regular I, season. I was but... the best shot bets during the regular season, and then I went 0-4. And Arlie ended up with a 3-4, and 4, almost had the comeback. Brooks won with a 4-3. and 3. So we're going to use those rankings. I think Brooks will get an advantage with that win. I don't know if Arlie would probably not get anything, but that's okay. And I will get a disadvantage for, I don't know, multiple weeks for me and Brooks, respectively, on how we finished and how we can use those throughout next season. Um, We're saying goodbye to football for now. But as you know, the NFL never stops. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in like, I don't know, six to eight weeks with getting ready for draft talk and free agency talk and seeing where people are going to move. So Mm – We'll be gone for a little bit and get, get you a lot of NFL uh, or NBA action. And then once the draft comes around, we'll hit that back up. You say that, Dustin, but remember last year we went on for like five straight weeks because the NFL news just never stops. And there's just like never stops, news so. every week. So who knows? You hear me chime right in with NFL yeah. be like, oh, of course, Dustin's talking NFL again. If there's anything newsworthy, we will make sure we get that to you. So for now – I'll wrap up NFL and send it over to Brooks for the NBA shotgun. Let's play some basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Arlie's not here to give us the sounder yet, but uh, we'll just go ahead from here into the NBA season. So Dustin asked for a, you know, kind of get caught up Please. on the NBA. And I don't know what we're doing in the NBA because I've been going. We're halfway through the year and I don't know what to expect. What's yeah. going on in the NBA, man? Yeah, so let's just kind of update you if you haven't paid attention at all. You know, and to be completely honest, I really haven't paid attention to the NBA a whole lot. There's just been so much football, so much Texas Tech basketball going on that it's really kind of fallen behind. And this is my feeling on the NBA. I just felt like there's been a lot of NBA basketball over the last, like, two years. It's felt like we've had three, four seasons in the last two years. So it's just been been a lot. But – I still listen to my NBA podcast. I still keep up on, on up to date on just about everything. So here we go. We'll just kind of update you on some things just so you're in the know. Well, let's start off with the best team in the NBA right now. That's the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns sit at 48 yeah. and 10. In 2022, the Phoenix Suns have only lost twice. <laughs> they continue to be the best team in the NBA all season. They've been dominant. The second run with Chris Paul and Devin Booker is going better than the first run went. Um, and let's let's just stay on the Western Conference side. The Golden State Warriors are back and in, in competing for championships once again. After a couple of years uh, uh, where they, you know, high draft picks and last year where they didn't, you know, they made the play-in tournament but failed to make it to the postseason. They are back. They are second place in the Western Conference right now, six and a half games back of the Suns, but Seth Curry, uh, Clay Thompson is back right now. Unfortunately, Draymond Green's gone, but 
it's fun to have the Warriors back as, you know, a competitive NBA team once again and competing for championships. Another kind of surprise in the Western Conference is the team that's sitting right behind Golden State, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies, one of the bright stories of the NBA season so far. They are 41-19. and 19. John Morant has made the leap from star to superstardom as he's getting his first ever all-star start this season. He's been playing lights out. They have a really deep, young, fun roster. They've been playing really well. Some other little notes here on the Western Conference, and this is the not-so-good notes. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers suck this year. They are not fun to watch. We all knew that the Russell Westbrook trade would not go well, and it is not going well at all for the Lakers so far. Russell Westbrook's having the worst season of his career. LeBron's playing pretty damn great, but this is just a shitty team. Anthony Davis got hurt again last night, so he's going to miss – He's going to miss time. So it was just kind of brutal for the Lakers and just really bad roster construction. Not a fun team to watch. Uh, like really just can't get into this team at all. Um, but that's kind of your Western Conference right now. You got the Suns, okay. Warriors, and Grizzlies all at the top. The Jazz continue to do like Jazz-like things. The Mavericks kind of had a slow start, hey, but are coming yeah, on go here. Mavs. We go Lucas, Lucas starting to play pretty well. Um, and does Timberwolves are up there in the seventh spot. So those are some kind of fun things happening right now in the Western conference. Let's go to the Eastern conference where the Eastern conference is a big jumbled up mess right now. Like we talked about in football all season, that's what the Eastern conference is right now. Only four and a half games separate the first through six seeds. Only seven games separate the first through the eight seed. Uh, It is, Quite the quite the mess over there. Nobody's really separated themselves, but let's kind of break it down. The Chicago Bulls, the kind of fun surprise story of the Eastern Conference this year. A lot of new pieces there. Everybody kind of liked what they were putting together, but nobody was sure how it was going to come together. Well, it's come together well. They're currently the top of the Eastern Conference right now at 38 and 21. The Miami Heat right behind them. Uh, Everybody expected them to be pretty good this year with the addition of Kyle Lowry and the pieces that they already had. Then you got the Bucks and the Sixers are in there. The Celtics are in there. The Raptors are in there. But here's the two surprising things of the Eastern Conference if you haven't paid attention. The four seed right now, the Cleveland Cavaliers sit at the four seed in the Eastern Conference with a 35-23 and record. That's right. A LeBronless Cleveland Cavaliers team is a four seed in the Eastern Conference. The addition of rookie Evan Mobley has made a difference. Jarrett Allen is an all-star. Darius Garland has made a leap as a third-year guard. He's an all-star this year, playing great. They overall just have a really solid, fun-to-watch team that's competing really well. When they sit up there at the four spot, looking like a team that's going to be in the postseason if they keep playing like they are. And the other surprise is the team that's sitting there in eighth place, and that is Dustin's Brooklyn Nets. Let's go Nets. The Nets have had Woo. a roller coaster of a season so far. Uh, Kevin Durant is injured. Kyrie Irving can only play part-time. And they just traded away James Harden. So an interesting season for them. They're 31 and 28. They just got off of a 11 game losing streak and they're sitting there at the eighth spot. And I guess one more little tidbit on, uh, on Eastern conference teams, the Atlanta Hawks sit at 28 and 30 in the 10th seed. So kind of disappointing season for them to start this season, but that kind of catches you up on where everybody's at. As for MVP season, might be a Jokic back to back right now. Jokic is playing pretty damn good, but his competition just like last year, as long as this guy stays healthy, Joel Embiid is right there and playing some of the best basketball of his career. And then, of course, Giannis is always in the mix as an MVP, MVP candidate. But those are the guys that are kind of rising to the top right now. Steph Curry had a lot of a lot going for him at the start of the year, but he's kind of falling off. He's having the lowest shooting numbers of his career so far this season. So he's kind of dropped out of that MVP race. But that's kind of what you're looking at there is Jokic, Embiid, and maybe Giannis if he ends up, you know, pulling the bucks to a one seat or something like that, he might have a shot. So that's kind of where everything stands right now in the NBA seating wise. 
Okay. Uh, Let's move on to where last week was the trade deadline. And we dished on some of the trades that had happened at the time of our recording. But the day after, go figure, the biggest trade of all happens. And that is James Harden being dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and probably some other pieces in there. I can't remember the whole trade. Yeah, I got it in front of me. Next year, first-round pick. Then a 2027 first round pick, so that's just made up. Um, and yeah, James Harden, Paul Millsap, go Paul to Millsap, fit. yeah. So that was the big trade everybody kind of waiting for, and not sure if it was going to happen, but they pulled the trigger on it, and kind of universally seen as a trade that helps both teams. Yes, um, both. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers get a all-star caliber player, um, you know, a former MVP in the form of James Harden coming to their team for a guy who wasn't playing for them at all. Now they do give up Seth Curry, who has been a great player for them, but ultimately get something back that should work well with Joel Embiid. And the Nets get Ben Simmons and get rid of a player who didn't really want to be there. So, Dustin, your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I had a lot of texts about it. I love this trade for both sides. Like a lot of analysts have said, n- neither of the stars were happy where they were at. James Harden was frustrated with, you know, the Kyrie situation um, and not being all in with the rest of them, which granted, that's a great point by him. Um, he also wanted to test out free agency this next year. So he, I know he did not sign his extension with Philly. So he'll be going to the free agency market, but Philly gets a guy that with James Harden that can shoot on the outside. His whole game is mostly outside, a little bit inside, but Embiid can do his thing. Harden's there as a great piece to go with him. How that works together, definitely better than what Ben Simmons would work yeah. for you. And then Ben Simmons goes to a team that already has some scores on it. He can be the Draymond type guy and just be a big point guard, play defense, pass the ball to these guys, and hopefully that would work. I think also getting Seth Curry in that deal is big too because it gives you a really good outside shooter to go with Simmons and Kyrie and KD. Um, their issue is just getting healthy and how they can play. But I think they can – I think the Nets can cause a lot of noise – more so now than they did when they had Harden, um, <clears throat> just because of how things fit together a little better. Yeah. Um, on on the star level with those guys with Simmons and Curry, rather than just Harden. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this fits both teams really well. We've obviously seen Simmons and and Embiid play together, and and you just can't have two guys like that on the same team. So Harden yeah. and Embiid, I think they fit very well. They can pick and roll. Uh, that's going to be really tough to defend, especially because Embiid can can knock down threes, can knock down the outside shot. So that's going to be very difficult to defend. I think the big question is just kind of what you're getting from Harden and what you're getting right. from Simmons. Simmons hasn't played all season. Uh, it does take a while to get back into game shape. Uh, what is he going to be able to provide? Uh, he's got some definite mental issues and I don't want to dive all into that, but you know, you, you wish the best for him. You you hate to see that happen to a kid. You hope that this situation works out well for him, uh, makes him, you know, a happier basketball player and being able to pass out to guys like Kyrie, Seth Curry and Katie is definitely going to make you a lot happier. And then Harden, you, you know, he's been just kind of a roller coaster a couple of years. Yep. Like, is he actually going to get serious and start playing basketball? Um, again, the way he's been hurt off and on, um, uh, he, he's uh, known to want to go party at, at strip clubs <laughs> and all these other places. So it, does he get serious about winning a championship here? Cause Joel Embiid is the ticket to do it. I think for him, right. uh, the way Joel Embiid has been playing this season, like you're, he's seemingly wanted to be in Philly the whole time. Um, the Nets package for, you know, the Rockets seemed to make the most sense. So that's why he ended up there instead of Philly to begin with. But, you know, ultimately he's where he wanted to be. So are we going to get back to like vintage James Harden? Can he get back to that level? It all kind of remains to be seen, but I'm definitely intrigued by all of this. And then the last kind of trade that we'll shout out here, just because Dustin is a Mavericks fan, the Kristaps Porzingis era with the Dallas Mavericks is over. 
Um, we thought that him and Luca together would be a force, but it never really panned out to be. Uh, Porzingis really couldn't stay healthy. Uh, but when he was playing this year, I, I thought it wasn't too bad. But ultimately, the Mavs decided to move on from him, trade him to the Wizards, get back Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Dustin, you got any parting thoughts for the Kristaps era? <laughs> Honestly, not just because, yeah, I mean, he, he never rose to what the Knicks wanted him to be and the Mavericks wanted him to be. And he kind of voiced some frustrations, I think it was last year, that maybe him and Luca weren't like getting along or not playing together well kind of deal. Yeah. I don't really remember exactly what the angle was on it. Um, so I think you just had to move, move him and try to just go in a different direction with that piece. Um, and honestly, I don't know what Dinwiddie brings you. Cause yeah. I don't, I haven't paid attention to watch and don't know the wizards or much yeah. of Spencer. Dinwiddie. Who would? Who would? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I just think you had to go in a different direction and with that yeah. piece, and maybe that opens up some money for you in the future as well. Yeah, I was a little confused by it. I thought if the trading for Dinwiddie and Bertons meant that they were going to try to make another move. Um, That's what I expected too. Because I think you're really – you got a lot of guards, you know, with Luka and the way that Jalen Brunson's <laughs> been playing this year. Yeah. Now you add Spencer Dinwiddie to that. It just kind of feels like a clusterfuck of guards that he got – I don't really know what makes sense there, but, you know, I guess we'll see moving forward um, what, what happens with all of that. But it is All-Star Weekend this weekend, so all the teams take a break to rejoice in uh, All-Star Weekend in the beautiful city of Cleveland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Cleveland. Cold, cold-ass Cleveland. Um, so, All-Star Weekend's here. Team LeBron. <laughs> yeah, it just moves around from city to city. So this was Cleveland's year. Uh, All-Star weekend, Team LeBron versus Team Durant on Sunday. Uh, so tune in to watch that. Uh, the All-Star games have definitely gotten more interesting since they've gone to that Elam ending uh, where they, you know, yeah. get a target score and then go. And, and so I feel like that, that makes it a little bit more entertaining. But some of the most entertaining parts of All-Star Weekend are the other festivities around it, like the skills competition. Not so much the dunk contest lately, yeah. uh, but the three-point competition. That's one of our favorites. And so we did a shot bet during the home run derby where we had to pick a winner. And if you... You know, one, you didn't have to take a shot. If you didn't win, you got to take a shot. So we're going to do that with the three-point competition. We've got Fred Van Vliet, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, C.J. McCollum, new Pelican C.J. McCollum, Patty Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young, who are all competing in the three-point contest. Dustin, I will give it to you. Who do you got? as your three-point champion. So I just flip-flopped because I had a great revelation. I was going to go Fred Van Vliet. Mm. I, I like one. I Freddie like him. He's got a cool name. Yes, he does. Um, he's just got a cool story of being an undrafted free agent, self-made man up in Toronto, made the all-star team this year. He's one of like a handful of undrafted guys to ever make the all-star team. He's just a cool story. He plays hard. He shoots really well. But I flip-flopped two, and then I didn't see the first time, and that's Zach Levine. Mm. I think he's going to really want to go win this and be a former dunk contest champion and, and three-point three yeah. champion. I think that's his motivation in this, and the Bulls have been hot. He's been really good this year, the last couple of years, really. But I think wanting both of those titles you know, on his mantle and his resume to brag about, I'm going to go Zach Levine for the three-point champion. This one is tough because they're not really – It's always I about thought... who kind of wants it a little more. And you got a lot yeah. of guys that probably do. I think Trey would want it. Like I said, Zach, Fred. I don't know about some of these other guys. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, the big men always kind of want to prove, hey, I can shoot it too. But, yeah. Hmm. I'm debating because I can go with, like, the random dude who shows up and wins the competition. Like I feel like it normally is. I was going to go Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is the second one. Um, 
I'm debating between taking like Desmond Bain or McCollum. I feel like McCollum will want this. CJ, I could see CJ wanting it as well. Yeah. Um, let's do that. I'm gonna go. CJ? I'm gonna go with CJ. I'm gonna go with CJ on this one. Okay. I feel like he's gonna want it. He doesn't get to play in the All Star game ever, so this is his chance to make a <laughs> statement. Um. And so, new new team gonna be wearing that new Pelicans jersey. Doing I was gonna that. say, is he gonna be wearing a Pelicans jersey or like his own jersey? Like, <laughs> who's he? Rep? Just a homemade, <laughs> just a penny, like one of those pennies that you wear when you scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so enjoy all the All Star festivities if you get into those sort of things, uh, the three point contest, and let us know who you, we'll we'll tweet it out. Let us know who your three-point champion is going to be uh but other than that that wraps it up for our nba segment for this week tune in next week when we'll update you on uh what happened with that three-point contest and any other nba news that trickles in over the weekend so um that'll do it for that dustin you want to take over the shot bets you bet yeah i'll wrap us up shot bets and final shots and get us out of here so shot bet just to recap from what we did last week we had heads or tails Dustin had the only heads bet and won that one. Arlene Brooks take the loss on the tails, so it can fail. You know, we didn't get the second you know, overtime coin flip like Brooks wanted, so didn't get yeah. redemption there, double or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Second shot bet was Bengals um, plus four and a half, and they did cover that even though they didn't win, so Arlie takes that one. He called it Rams by three in there, so – Dustin and Brooks take a loss there. The rare double loss for Brooks. He doesn't get many of those. And he has taken his for this one. Um, so this week we have Texas Tech versus Texas in basketball on Saturday morning. You know, a little lunchtime noon ball, noon ball action for you. On Saturday, we're going to go against the spread. Me and Brooks have both taken Tech, even though we don't even know the spread. We don't care. But we will let you know and tweet that out for you so you can vote. Shot bet two is this three-point competition that Brooks just talked about. Brooks taking C.J. McCollum. Dustin taking Zach Levine, see if he can go dunk and three-point champion. We will put that out and let you guys vote for who you want to win on that. That one's just your guy against the field. So the odds are not in your favor, but nope. about. <laughs> so don't forget, take those shot bets. Arlie's in the, in the 20s. We should just start. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why he's retiring from the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's retiring so he can not have to pay those off. We're not going to let him get away with that. If you owe Shaw Beth, take him with Arlie, post him online if you want to, tag him to rub it in his face that you're taking yours and not, he's not taking his. But Brooks took two today. I think he's down to two now. Is that all right if I'm doing my best? Yeah, I, I, I cut mine in half. That is correct. Right. And I have five. I'm taking the day off because. Uh, I was a little excited at the basketball game last night, and I'm I'm feeling a little tired from it. Understandable. Had a few drinks and beverages, and was very couldn't go to sleep after that big Baylor win. So feeling it today. Imagine um, me, I had to drive like an hour and fifteen ugh. minutes back. I would have been I, I would have been fine driving because I, I was, was fine up driving for like two and a half hours. I couldn't I was go fine to sleep. Driving. But when I got home, I was like, now I got to see what everybody's saying on Twitter. So I'm oh, just like yeah. scrolling through Twitter for a while so I can catch up so, on everything. Final shots, Brooks. I'm gonna let you kick it off. I'm gonna, I usually do, but I'm gonna let you go ahead and start us out since I'm doing the hosting bit for this for now. Yeah, so my final shot is gonna go. I'm, we're gonna go to baseball here because baseball is in a current lockdown. But did you see that they slipped in the uh, National League is going to DH now? No, yeah, they Hell slipped yeah. it in there. Last I've been week. wanting this for a long time. Hit. I think it was always stupid that we were playing two different sports in the same league. Yeah, they slipped <laughs> it in at like 1.30 a.m. Let's know, go. Said, uh, they they tried to get it out there during Super Bowl week, so it didn't really like make news or anything like that. And, of course, it's all part of the bargain bargaining that they're doing right now. But it looks like we're going to have Universal DH, which should have been done for a long time ago. But congratulations, right. baseball. Also, way to <laughs> never promote your sport, basically. Yeah, like, this like, is a on. big deal. This is huge news. We've been doing this for a hundred years. This has been one of the biggest deal, and the yeah. biggest debate in baseball. And I, yeah. 
you you just slipped it in so nobody would notice and not talk about it you want it to be talked about idiots (laughs) this would be huge news (laughs) oh so baseball doing good things and also screwing up at the same time yeah amazing but yet dumb (laughs) at the same time Uh, all right my final shot is going to be back to texas tech stuff a former texas tech coach tubby smith retired from basketball um if you know who tubby smith is he's a hall of fame basketball coach he went to he's just recently at high point university a uh, a private school still pretty good basketball program but he he's the one we can credit with digging us out of our grave um from the previous like 10 years after bob knight he's the one that dug us out of the grave that you know billy Gillespie and uh, Pat Knight and a couple other guys that I can't remember right now, but we were in a really, really bad basketball spot. Yeah. We couldn't beg people to go to any of those games. Um, girls games were getting more attendance than guys games throughout those years in the late two thousands and early 2010s. Uh, he, he got the recruiting class that kind of broke, yeah. broke it open for us with Norris, yeah. and Zach Smith um, Norrence, Justin Gray, that whole crew that stuck around for a long time developed really well. They're also really good guys and also give back to our community and program. But Tubby die Smith, hard Red Raiders, <laughs> die hard Red Raiders, and Tubby Smith is he's the guy that started this all and where we're at now. Um, Chris Beard took over in between there, so Tubby got us into that spot as well <laughs> and into Mark Adams. So we can thank him for a lot of lot of the success we're having now. Brooks, what do yeah. you you want to comment on Toby and what he kind of gave to us? I mean, yeah, he brought life back into the basketball program. You know, I remember when we made the tournament that year with him. That was as excited as I had we been. We were eight seed, I think, and we were yeah, so we were, excited. Oh yeah, we went to the the watch party at the at the Spirit arena Reader. just to oh, see yeah. us like be on the tournament screen again. And of course, we we lost the first game, but we didn't you know care. we had we didn't care. We had so many years of just despair and terribleness. And he brought us back to like caring about basketball again. And of course he left us and I I didn't like the way that he left, but you know, yeah, without him bringing in those players, you know, who knows where we are today. And so he's had the program set up at a great point to where it was just getting in the right guy to build on that. And, you know, beard was that guy, but yeah, you're, you're nowhere without Tubby Smith. I almost thought about hitting up our guy, Ricky, and yeah, like, hey, come Ricky on and working for him. It might, maybe, maybe, maybe next week we hit him up and be like, Hey, want to come say it, talk a little bit about Tubby or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. but you know, good coach, he, he, he did really, you know, love Lubbock and he, he embraced the fans and everything here. So, uh, wish nothing but the best for him in, in retirement. Yeah, thanks, Tubby Smith. Glad you retired. Always winner, national champ, Hall of Fame, all that good yeah. stuff. Thank you for being a Red Raider at one of your stops in there, man. So And uh, final kind of final shot for this show before we sign yeah, off man. here, just to let y'all listeners know, Arlie mentioned it in the Club Red episode at the beginning, but he's not feeling well and he's not here right now. But at, uh, this will be uh, Arlie's last week uh, on the show. He is stepping away. Uh, from doing the podcast he's got a new job that's got some good hours uh some some long hours but it's a good job a good opportunity for him uh and and his life and so he's going to be step away from the show it's going to be me and dustin carrying uh the tailgate and club red for you guys uh moving forward but we want to wish arlie nothing but the best we thank him for long hours of editing the show and making sure that you had your tailgate podcasts out each week and so thankful for that uh wish him nothing but the best and of course he's always got a seat on the show with us anytime he wants to hop on uh but wanted to give him a you know final shout out for you know, 71 weeks of, of, of yeah. tailgating with us. And um, so, unfortunately, he's not here at the screen right now. But uh, I'm sure he would like to say a couple parting things to you guys. But maybe we'll have to have him on uh, 
if he has the time down the road to just kind of guest, guest host guest host right yeah but so when next week when you're listening and you're hearing our voices in the intros that's that's going to be why uh so i wanted to give y'all the uh, update on that but so excellent ending there thanks again arlie so you guys shout us out on social media rate subscribe review share with your friends take those shot bets get your friends to do shot bets with you while you're out at bars you know tag arlie in all your shot bets Make him feel bad for it. And as always, catch y'all at the next tailgate. Thanks, guys. We shouted you out there on the final shot. I don't know yeah. if you want to say a couple things to for for people at the end of this episode. Um Yeah, yeah, no. It's just uh This has been a really fun, fun ride, and uh I I don't I don't know if I'm completely done with it or anything like that uh yeah. but just having a good uh work opportunity and you know i was texting the guys earlier and it was uh you know i've got i've got a, a, a you know a few things that are important in life right now and one of that is family you know work and the gym and the podcast and those are like kind of more my my, my four major things going on and so and like work just got a little bit heavier and so that's going to take up more time on the other end and so uh we'll definitely be back and we'll definitely be popping in often to 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 give my my ridiculous nfl takes for sure uh but yeah we we, we say you, you always got to guess yeah, yeah i've been I was, yeah, I was, don't think that those go away sir <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're retiring i don't um, know how much you heard about when we were going over things just now but just because you're retiring doesn't mean your shot bets get get tanked. Oh, we'll yeah, update no. the shot bet total every week. Uh, <laughs> well aware. <laughs> but uh, still but right. yeah, we just wanted to give you a chance if you wanted the same thing to the listeners. Yeah, yeah quick, I, I had it pulled up on my phone. I was listening. Thanks for all that you've done for us, setting us up and getting us yeah, appreciate off it, the ground. You know, almost two years ago when we started this. So appreciate it's, you a lot, man. It's been, it's been yeah. We it's have been no fun. tailgate talks without Arlie, so. And, and uh, we'll we'll be rolling. And hopefully, so we can, continue to so be you able can to come on and guest host. <laughs> One day, I'll be the guest host. I'll be the guest speaker. I'll be like Arlie Spark. Oh, right. do the intros and everything. See if mm-hmm. he still remembers. <laughs> Dude, I've done them so many times. I could literally like not even look at it and be able to pull it off. I right. think. Yeah. But. All right. I think uh, I'll say it for one last time. I think that wraps it up for this episode. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you carrying the torch today while I haven't been feeling much like myself. But um, everybody out there listening, we'll catch y'all later. And uh, as always, Brooks. Catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.